it's our duty as brands to explain that and and try to educate them on saying, hey, if the farmer uh, does the right thing, uh, it's going to help the world, it's going to help your plate, it's going to help your nutrition, it's going to help the entire food chain, essentially. So maybe I'm optimistic. Uh, it's it's trending in the right direction. <laughs> it's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. We talk about food a lot, but I think one thing we often overlook is the fact that it's pretty hard to enjoy all of these different whole foods and nuts and all these other products that we ended up talking about if there wasn't some uh, oils involved in preparations. And um, I want to talk about something that's pretty unique today. Happy to welcome Matthew Kohlmeyer. Matthew, welcome to Farm to Table Talk. No, thank you for having me. You know, Matthew, you have an interesting story. You're from France. What made you think that perhaps you should be coming to the United States and how you how might you be in the food business when you came over here? Actually, uh, thanks to my business school, I was studying business in France and there was uh, this international exchange program in, to Canada. And so I was going to go to Canada for taking a section of MBA classes. And uh, I traveled to the U.S. At, you know, the summer before I moved to Canada for six months and uh, ended up doing this market study on nut oils because my father had this tiny business making specialty nut oils. So basically walnut oil that he was mostly making. And so I ended up uh, essentially crisscrossing the U.S., uh, visiting stores and trying to understand what was the market about for specialty oils in this country. And what I found was that if you remember back in 2001, 2002, that the natural food industry was booming. You know, you had all foods was on fire and all the supermarkets. So you could, you could see there was this really strong trend where shoppers and consumers were looking for a better alternative than what they could find in their mainstream supermarkets. And oils was, was part of that. Uh, and so from that, one thing leading to the other, started a business uh, to make uh, specialty oils in California and sell... Uh, high-quality, premium, natural oils to, to U.S. consumers. So they get a whole range of, of oils that are used uh, in, in food preparation, uh, consumers using it more and more. And it's an interesting point that you say, like at about that time, when they would start paying attention to, say, for example, nut oils. I mean, lately, there's negative attention to what they call seed oils. Does that occupy the same space? So the short answer is no. Uh, nut oils are obviously it's a tree nut, and when you say seed sure. oil, I think what people really think about is soybean oil. Sure. What is commonly called vegetable oil, and I think uh, you you get different take on that, but I think a lot of it has to do with indeed you, we, there is a massive issue with diabetes in this country and a massive issue of bad eating and you know making the wrong nutritional choices and that leads to diabetes and and all kind of obesity issue and all that and let's be real you know french fries and chips <laughs> containing yeah. over 40 40 50 percent of oil is not the best thing you can do for your body especially if it's refined so i, I think a lot of people criticizing seed oils or tend to really say let's avoid having too much fat in the diet especially refined oils I think the controversy around seed oil controversy, I think it really has to do with uh, paying attention to what you put in your body and avoiding processed food. 
and um, and and so I think it has to do with you know overly refined seed oils, over processed food overall is not going to be best for your diet, and it's 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 pretty clear cut today in nutrition. Can you actually you know make French fries out of nut oils too? I've never heard of that. I didn't know if you could. No, no, you cannot. And uh, obviously, we, we sell much more than nut oils, and but I do believe that. Um, Look, t- today, most commodity oils used to make French fries, for example, uh, are extracted. So usually it's soybean that is GMO. Uh, then it's extracted using solvent, which is a petroleum product. And then it's highly refined uh, and putting the oil through very high temperature type processing, which may create um, different types of contaminants that are sometimes understood, sometimes not fully yet understood. Uh, but it's definitely not the best. Uh, what's clear and what's very well known is that uh, the oil of a walnut, of an olive, or anything really, uh, tends to be loaded with vitamins and phytosterols and, and, and sterols, which will help your body. I mean, basically, they're antioxidants. They'll, they'll help your body fight aging. Uh, and they'll help your body fight cholesterol. They'll just like they protect the plant, they protect your body when you eat that. The, the issue is that when you refine the oil and when you process the oil uh, in a very harsh manner, you tend to destroy all this antioxidant because they don't like temperature. They don't like high temperature. So it's a fact that having healthy oils mean having virgin oils or oils that have not been overprocessed. And that's what is pretty clear when extra virgin olive oil is so great for you. It's because the oil is extra virgin because when you took the oil out of the olive, you made sure you were not applying too much temperature and that you did not overprocess the oil afterward. And it's true for avocado oil, it's true for walnut oil, it's true for any type of oil. Now, obviously, you, you when you do French fries, it's not very convenient to use an oil that has flavor. You want an oil that can take very high temperature. And so for that, uh, you want to be careful in how it's being processed. So typically an organic refined oil as to undergo a refining process, but the organic process, sorry, the refining process is organic certified. So it means you know that at least there is no petroleum product, there is no chemicals. And so by nature, frankly, technically, it's less harsh. And so you can have a better product. Yeah. So sorry, long answer to your short question. No, 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 no. That's a, it's trying to, it's something that obviously I haven't thought about it as much as I should, but, but I, I wonder how much this translates into the health claims. Because oftentimes when you think about using oils, you're thinking about frying and, you know, the calories that come from it. But on the other hand, when you talk about tree nuts, say, say walnuts, for example, if you're looking at walnut oil, walnuts are, are really highly praised. I think even more lately because of the attention on omega threes. So the omega threes that you get from, uh, eating a handful of walnuts, perhaps every day. Would you realize uh, similar benefits from walnut oil uh, as far as omega threes? Yes, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so oil will so walnuts contain naturally about fifty percent of oil. So when you press the walnuts using mechanical means, you'll get maybe forty percent, let's say. So uh, the, the omega three is a is is a fatty acid, so it, it's oil. So yes, walnut oil contains 15% omega-3, and walnut oil is very healthy for that. Uh, now, are you better off to eat all walnuts? Uh, eating all walnuts is a great thing because you have the fiber and you have all kind of different types of vitamins that are not be oil-soluble. 
So eating all nuts is always a great uh, thing to do. And, you know, putting nuts in your salad, in your diet, I think is a great, great thing to do. Uh, when you make a salad dressing, a vinaigrette, if you use oil in your cooking, uh, as you mentioned, oil is necessary to cook. Uh, you're much better off to use oil that has a good fatty acid profile, like walnut oil, and also use an oil that uh, has not been over-processed so that it still contains the natural antioxidant and vitamins that come in the oil. And then each seed, each plant, will bring its fair share of great stuff. Uh, it's, it, it varies dramatically from one plant to the other. Some plants are all stars, some are not as great for the oil, but... Um, uh, overall, essentially, if it's a liquid oil, uh, you usually have a very low saturated fat content. And so quite typically, if the product is virgin or uh, not overly processed, you, you'll get all kinds of different types of benefits. Um, so just like when you eat produce and vegetable, and w just like any good nutrition, you know, diversity is the key because your body will get different stuff from different things. Uh, and, and so for oil, that's kind of the, the same. Like if you eat walnut oil, you get omega-3. If you eat olive oil, you're going to get all the sterols and polyphenols from extra virgin olive oil. If you eat, you know, pumpkin oil, it's going to help your prostate. If you use, each oil has different benefits. And so it's, it's why it's nice too. And frankly, it just makes a much better meal if you can actually have different flavors in it. Uh, so that's what I recommend is just uh, using different oils for different purposes. Uh, and, and then you end up having more fun in the kitchen and also your body will be much happier. You know, I read something that was pretty interesting. We all know that the Mediterranean diet is praised, um, and oftentimes I see it rated as the, the preferred diet for people to follow. But when you go back to the origin of identifying a diet that they would call the Mediterranean diet, um, and people think of things like fish and vegetables and wine and so forth being part of the Mediterranean diet. But one of the things I read was that really at the heart of it was was the olive oil consumption. That if you started picking apart the what of the Mediterranean diet that seemed to have the most positive impact, the best health effects, it was the olive oil component. Somehow it's gone on as being the Mediterranean diet rather than the olive oil diet, but olive oil is just a, such a, a huge part of it. Let's get back to these products then, though, too. So you came over and... To start with, did you have a brand already? Did you have your brand identified uh, with a brand name or did you, uh, what came first in putting together your product line and marketing these uh, these oils? What we had was really a unique knowledge on how to make really high quality walnut oil, which had to do with roasting the nuts and then pressing the nuts. So essentially what we had is really, I was essentially narrating what, taking from my father's company, this deep knowledge in how to make high-quality specialty oils. Um, and then the brand, the name Letterangel existed, but there was no real packaging, no brand identity, because the company was really just super small and just selling very locally, and so marketing was really not enough to thought. So when I came here, uh, after analyzing the market, it came pretty quick that we had to... Uh, you know, I had to tell a story that was going to be really, really appealing because, you know, most people did not understand that specialty oil should have a nice flavor. Most folks just understood, you know, veg oil is just a clear, colorless, blendless product that you use for cooking. Extra virgin olive oil, you just talked about it, uh, is really, it's the most common oil, oil that is extra virgin in our diet. Like, that's why it's so healthy. It's the fact that you, you haven't stripped it out of all its antioxidants. So I had to. So that's why we came up with this tin can, this packaging that is so iconic. Is that 
first tin can is fantastic to, pre to protect the oil uh, because oil is very fragile and tends to react to light. And so you want to make sure it's completely blocking any uh, UV. So that's what happens with the tin can. Plus, tin can is much, much lighter than a, than a glass bottle. So it, it felt really good for the environment. You know, the, the CO2 footprint of all this transport was going to be much better. And so that's that's how we launched La Tourangel, uh, in the stores in this really iconic 500ml tin can that looks so beautiful. Um, and, and then, you know, gain distribution from there. And today we're sold uh, in many, many thousands of stores around the country. What oils do you manufacture and market today? Uh, so we manufacture avocado oil. Uh, and so you, you'll find a common thread. The avocado oil that we sell is not fully refined. It actually contains virgin avocado oil. So it has a beautiful green color. It tastes really delicious. And it obviously comes with all the health benefits from it. Frankly, as a brand, we see that good food should be good for the table, the community, and the planet. So we, we try to, to say whatever muscle we're going to build through growing a business, we're going to try to put to use to make good food. And again, good food should have a good impact on your on your table and what you eat, but also on, on the health of the community. And, and really, the farming that comes with it should be mindful of being sustainable. Mm -hmm. and, that, you know, and so that, that's what we need. That's how we define good food. Uh, it's, you know, the, the concept of terroir in France is quite, quite you know, a big thing. And so that's what we, we lean on. So we do avocado oil, walnut oil, grapeseed oil, organic olive oil. Uh, sesame oil, a toasted sesame oil. And what you'll find in almost every product that we make, beside grapeseed oil that is refined, is that most of our products are not fully refined. Uh, grapeseed is refined, but we care for the fact that it's refined and pressed, meaning we only use mechanical means, no solvent, and we refine it physically, not using chemicals. And it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. How do you locate the farmers? Where do you... or are you buying from uh, some a middleman that's that's pulling things together from farms? Do you buy from, you know, the, the various processors of the nuts or the avocados and so forth? What's that connection? So essentially, got kind of kind of two buckets. Uh, one bucket is that we, and it's it's actually very very lovely, is that we we find oil makers. You'll find just like in a, any business, you know, people that love to make oils, they'll be passionate, they'll spend their entire life making oils. They're really not good at selling it. They're really just they're, they're just doing it. And so we, we find folks in Japan or find folks in Korea or find folks in really, really random places far away, which are making amazing products. Uh, and they basically are just as strong as the terroir and the farmland behind them. And we bring that to market. And so we usually they are family owned. Usually we talk the same language. And so we bring um, we bring organic olive oil from Spain. We go in the mountains in the natural park. And it's just this fascinating meetings that I just love to entertain. I always visit every supplier. So that's for the oils that we, we don't make. Uh, then what we press ourselves, usually we'll, we'll work with um, farmers directly or shellers, people that basically take nuts and shell it. But also sometimes, uh, especially in the last few years, I, again, we see our role as we are, you know, when you have a brand that has distribution at Walmart, at Whole Foods, at Safeway, at Kroger, everywhere, it's a, it's a responsibility because you, you you talk on behalf of your consumers. So we, we try to say, okay, how can we bring to market attributes that are going to make a difference? So for that, um, we, we figured that, okay, when you, like the UN has said, our global warming is a big issue and agriculture has a big, play, has a big part to play in trying to fix it. We figured, okay, can we can we make a difference? We we went online and just looked for farmers and called a bunch of farmers, 
until I found this this farmer just an hour north of Woodland, where I'm located right now, uh, that was really engaged, uh, been engaged in organic farming for since the 1970s, but I was really strong on health, uh, soil health and regenerative farming and really trying to be mindful of uh, the, 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 the sustainability of the land. So I called the guy and I said, can you grow a sunflower for me? Can you grow flaxseed for me? Can you get the certification regenerative organic certified? And then we bring to market this product that, because you find lots of farmers that are doing great stuff, but if they can't monetize it, if they can't tell the story. And if no brand is going to care to explain that food comes from the soil and how you treat your soil is going to have a massive impact on the quality of the food that you make, well, the farmer can't really monetize what they do. So, uh, so then we talk to farmers. So basically right now, we're more and more, we basically engage directly with, with farmers or co-ops of farmers. Uh, and try to tell him, look, you're doing amazing stuff. Let us market that. Let us promote this attribute, and then really try to create a, a positive movement. Where you know, if 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 when you do regenerative farming and when you do the right thing for the environment, you get rewarded, then then you do it more, and eventually you can help make good food again. You know, so that's so farmers. That's yeah, that's an exciting development for us. And as you can hear, it I'm pretty passionate about it because it gives a lot of purpose to what we do. Yeah. What's the process look like to to be able to get to oils? Oh, the the process is starts with us so quite early uh, in this. So the, the planting will let's say take place in March or April, but really what you want to do is to come up in October, November the year before, and then you have to come to the farmer and say, hey, can you make this? Can you grow sunflower for us or flaxseed for us? So then the farmer has to make sure that his neighbors are going to be okay with it because you know what I'm saying <laughs> nature. <laughs> It's not because you put a fence up. That's it. It's you know. The, so we're gonna make sure that they can allocate sunflower. It's not gonna disturb the crop of the neighbor. So then the the farmer will allocate acreage for you. Uh, you'll agree on a price, and you you make a commitment that whatever is gonna grow, you'll take. So farmer can actually go in there thinking that it's safe. Then you will plant it, uh, grow it, then harvest the seeds. Then the seeds have to be cleaned to remove you know all the things that you pick up when you harvest. Uh, that can be up to 20 to 30% of the weight of your harvest, could be tiny pieces of sticks of wood or grain or whatever it is that may be on the ground. Then the seeds will come to us. And then what we'll do is we'll, if the seeds are dry enough, we'll, we'll basically press them using a mechanical extraction. So big, a big press that has hydraulic uh, power to press it. And then the oil needs to be refined or not. Then we'll pack it in our own facility. So we'll, we'll just essentially handle every step of the process between the farmland to the store and then after you so you process it you crushes it and so forth and you you bottle it and label it and and ship it and yes. you're doing the same thing with walnuts or with avocados and all the other yes. products uh yes avocado we do that in peru we have actually a small production facility in lima in peru uh, so that we can make avocado oil over there because it's actually a big growing region for avocados um, for walnuts, it's a bit different. Uh, walnut and almonds are not fruits that you that go straight from the tree to your mouth. You know, you have to crack them. You have to crack that. And then also, frankly, they are super fruits, meaning they are just they're expensive. They are loaded with nutrients. And so, what we do for that, we 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 make oil. We crush it. We don't care the way it looks, which is quite different from most. But you know, if you go to the store and you look at a walnut that is all right. dry and horrible looking, no one is going to buy it. So that's what we buy. We buy the ugly ones. You know, we're, we're the, we basically upcycle, if you like, right. the nuts that don't look so good. And we so we work with uh, shellers. So you have this. You have your farmers who are also shellers. 
usually they shelf for other people as well because it's a big investment. You have you know, a lot of machines. And so we'll work with them and tell them, okay, look, we're going to crush it anyway. So if it doesn't look good, it's okay for us. Sure. And so as they sort, we'll, we'll end up having these grades that are not super attractive and we'll buy that and uh, essentially uh, repurpose it into a beautiful oil that finds, uh, you know, so it's really upcycling that we do. So on the nuts, we don't really work directly with farmers, even though shells are usually also farmers. But there are, there are a few steps that we won't do because uh, it's it's a massive investment. And the folks that are shelling are spending, it's they're doing truckloads after truckloads. It's all about quantity and massive uh, quantity. So, but it's actually quite fascinating to visit because it's, <laughs> it's mechanic. It's a lot of mechanics, a lot of big machines, a laser sorter. I mean, t- today it's 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 fascinating to see how much uh, California is able to leverage technology to uh, to do things efficiently. So, how many how many different products do you have? Oh my God! In our building, we have at least twenty eight different types of oils. Hmm. So, and how do you market twenty eight different types of oils? Yes. So, well, you know, basically the gatekeeper of all the stores is called a category manager. So if you go to a store, traditionally there, there, there is a category manager that is in charge of picking what's going to go on the shelf. And so essentially our job is to reach out to this category manager and explain why. Essentially, you have to keep in mind, this category managers, you know, they, they're now taking care of the oil category. They just took the job maybe six months or a year ago. They don't really know very well. And they have to learn so much so quickly. So they kind of lean on us and all their suppliers to come and train them and say, look, this is what consumer want. This is what you should be selling. This is how you make oil. And that's what you should be promoting. Most folks who are in the food business, you know, they have their art in the right place. They, they love food as well. So they want to promote the right things. So our job is to, so we have salespeople that will go in front of these category managers and explain why Letterangel is different, why we feel it's better and why you need all kind of different things on the shelf, but really you also need us because uh, it's it's you know this is what you know I think what folks should be eating. So obviously we're going to be selling what we what we make, um, and so our, that's how we get. And then the the product has to go from us to the store. That's a very complex logistic system that usually involves distributors and all kind of different folks who specializes in distribution. Uh, so usually we'll sell truckloads to some folks who will then take care of selling it to the thousands of stores across the country because that's it's all about optimizing shipping. So really, in, in a sense, what we do is tell the story what we make to category managers uh, so that they understand why uh, why they have different products on the shelf. And usually they try not to have like five things that are exactly identical, but they try to like cater to different market uh, segments. What seems to be your sweet spot for reaching people? Uh, natural food stores... Uh, you know, are t- traditionally the place where folks who care the most will shop. <laughs> so technically, that's where we're going to find our best cons- consumers. Um, so yes, we sell in natural food stores and co-ops. Uh, it's really a it's it's a lovely place to make business. Doesn't mean they're not price driven. Uh, I think everybody's in the business to to optimize cost and so on. Uh, but that's where we have the most attraction for our products. But that being said, the trend in America is for better eating, even though it feels that, you know, there is a long road ahead still for everybody to to, to eat better. Uh, the, the fact is that, you know, what seemed very, very strange and, and completely like niche 20 years ago is mainstream today. And, and so what you see is that uh, the large supermarket chain are completely aware of that and are trying to sell the right things as well. So we do sell to Walmart and we do sell to Safeway and we do sell to all the supermarkets in between. Now, obviously, 
when you go to a Safeway or a Walmart, they're going to sell much more of what we would call mainstream, historical, traditional brands and less of the organic and specialty products. But um, it's changing slowly. I think people, and you see it in many food categories across the, the stores. I think uh, consumers are getting better education on what they should be eating. And so they are, you know, think about coffee or think about beers or think about all these categories that have changed over time. You know, one of the things that happens to companies, it seems like when they transition and they get into the big supermarket chains, uh, oftentimes they kind of knock off a copy of your product, you know, and, and there are so many products that you end up seeing it's, you get it on the shelf. And before you know it, the, the host store has figured out to make something similar and priced a little less and puts it right next to you. Do you run into any of that? Do you, you find that they're, they compete with you for your customer? You're referring to private label and the, the, yeah. the store labels? Yeah, yes. Uh, obviously, we, we see that. Uh, actually, we do some product label for some customers. So sometimes supermarkets will call us and say, can you do the same product as these guys or even your own product? Yeah. And you yeah. do the exact same with, with my name on it. And I think it's okay. I think it's the nature of the business. It's, it's sure. okay to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I think what we do is that when we sell under our brand, we put our heart into it. This is the best product. Uh, and so I think at the end of the day, consumers want to have something that uh, is going to be the best brand. So, yeah, yeah, it's common, um, but it's a big market out there. So I, see, I don't know, I guess we're, we're fine. We're, we're growing our business really strongly every year after year. Um, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I think it, 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 takes a, it takes a village, as they say. So, is, is the way to your products often people that are upgrading from using soybean oils or other other seed oils that they've concluded that it'd be healthier or maybe more consistent with uh, carbon uh, footprints or something uh, to um, to upgrade to the products that you put on the shelf yeah I think well I mean in, today if, if you go to uh, the natural stores, Today, and if you look at the oil sales, olive oil is is that. I mean, it's the majority of what people buy. If, huh. if you go, to, if you go to uh, more traditional supermarkets, uh, more mainstream supermarkets, uh, veg oil still has a really good share of the market. Mm -hmm. So essentially, uh, the more education, the more money, and the more olive oil, and the more flavor, and the more people understand extra virgin and why they should be going to higher quality stuff. Um, so that's where we sell the best. So that kind of gives you a hint. In a sense, we sell a, a high-quality organic olive oil. So people that are going to try our brand are already into olive oil. And, and they, are, they know and understand that they should be paying or that they want to be paying a bit more to get something that is going to be really great. So I don't know that the step is to go from a veg oil straight to a premium olive oil or premium walnut oil. I think it's mostly people who are caring for food or paying attention and are trying to discover new flavors or improve their diets. Uh, as far as the CO2 footprint and the regenerative farming, this is a very new trend. And today, what's see what's frustrating to me, I find it frustrating, I guess it's an opportunity, but when you go to a store today and you walk the shelves, you don't see much story about where it's grown and how it's grown. Like, I don't think consumers, most people, you know, if they live in, so I live in Berkeley in San Francisco Bay. You know, people will go to Tao. They don't really stop in between to understand what's the farmland looking like. They don't really understand what food is coming from. And so I think uh, 
explaining that the way you farm is going to have an impact on the world, an impact on the food, and an impact on the environment is critical. And I think, obviously, the success of organic has been tremendous, and I think, as explained, has really made a big difference. Uh, not what we're, what we're trying to do now is to explain that you know, when you drive and you pass like a, next to a big farm and it's completely bare land, there is not one plant growing on it. It's all dirt. That's not normal. Nature doesn't do that. When you work in the forest, usually there is stuff growing everywhere, meaning cover crops are absolutely critical. Uh, so that's the type of things that it's not taking it enough into account today is that uh, a farmer, uh, you know, promoting cover crops, trying to limit teals, all these things that are, you know, participate to create ELC or soil. Um, if it's understood very well by the farming community, obviously, I think it's less understood by consumers because they just buy a processed food. They don't really understand where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's our duty as brands to explain that and, and try to educate them on saying, hey, if the farmer uh, does the right thing, uh, it's going to help the world. It's going to help your plate. It's going to help your nutrition. It's going to help the entire food chain, essentially. Yeah. If you look at what's happening in the in the stores now, and I suppose we could have ex extended this to restaurants as well, because I'm sure there's probably restaurants too, don't they? That that take advantage of some of your products. Oh uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So if you if you look at the trend right now, where's it heading? If you kind of look at this business that that you're in. How do you think it might be different in three or four years from what it is today? How do you either hope or just say, well, the trend we're heading, this is how it how it looks to be changing? If Well, what, what, what's really funny in a sense is that uh, there are always these hypes or these fads that are really, really strong and kind of take over. And so, obviously, a lot of people are critical of thinking, oh, my God, this is so excessive. But at the same time, through each of these fads, through each of this cycle of like hype, people learn a lot. So, for example, um, you know, you all remember the Atkins diet and then the paleo diet and all these diets that just, you know, come to, they, they come and go and then you're like, oh my God, one other diet. But what they do though is that they explain. So, we talked about the Mediterranean diet and you're right. Essentially, through this diet, people came to understand that extra virgin olive oil was really good for them. Maybe they not fully understood really why, what was so good about it, because it's so confusing, called pressed, expelled pressed, this and that, extra virgin, virgin, refined, blend, pure. My God, this is so confusing. But yet now, extra virgin is here to, to, to stay and has become you know, a dominant, I mean, it's a big, big product. Um, what we've seen lately, what, five, 10 years ago, coconut oil became really big. So now suddenly coconut oil became the big thing. People came to understand that not, not all saturated fat were bad, but actually some saturated fat were good. So now you are, so people over the years have understood that extra virgin is great. People have come to understand that not all saturated fat is bad, but some is good. MCT is great. Now, right now what we see is that, oh, seed oils are not maybe the best. What do you mean? Well, overprocessed. Yeah, overprocessed food is not great. So through that, people are going to understand that indeed uh, solvent extraction, uh, over refined, over refining process, pro oil is not good. So again, it's going to go in the right direction. So what do we see right now? We see avocado oil is on fire. People are just—it's crazy, up thirty percent. Like avocado, that is really not cheap. It's not—it's—it's it's, it's expensive, and people are loving avocado oil, which is awesome because it's a great product. But what's funny though is that. Everybody buys refined avocado oil, and you're like, okay, hold on a minute. What do you want in avocados? I want all the nutrients. 
Yeah, but don't you know that if you overprocess oil, it's going to remove the nutrients? Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So what we we're, one of the trends we're seeing right now is that avocado oil is on fire. But I think when they're going to when they're going to understand what they don't want in seed oil, they're buying an avocado oil. In the future, you're going to start to understand. Okay, I need to have oil that has flavor and a nice color because this is a sign that it was not overprocessed. Because if you overprocess, you remove it all, and now you lose all the antioxidants that you were trying to get in the first place. So that's kind of, I think that's the that's the underlying trend. People are looking, and it's great. They're looking for reduced cholesterol. They want to improve their health, and they're learning bits by bits. And they're very confused because there are so many pieces of information all over the place. But still, in the end, they're making progress in the right direction. So maybe I'm optimistic, but I do believe uh, it's it's trending in the right direction. <laughs> so could could you overprocess uh, tree nut oils? Is there a, oh, sure. a so yeah. so? I think that's something that's not understood. Obviously, not understood by me. But the when you talk about like seed oils, that's a, that's an issue. But like what I heard you referring to there is that. They need to pay attention to, I mean, these other oils like avocado oils and, and even, even walnut oils and others, because you can, you can overprocess them and you've overshot the mark and you it becomes less of a benefit. Yes. Absolutely. I think in seed oil, one of the things that you see on TikTok or YouTube or some of these uh, media, which are not controlled. Okay. Usually, uh, for years, we had newspapers where your journalist who was trained to like do the right thing and trying to filter through information. Now, anyone can say whatever they want online, and suddenly it becomes the truth. So right. usually that creates a lot of risk. So what you see these days is you see these videos saying omega-6 is bad for you. And you're like, okay, well, really? Omega-6 is bad for you? Well, there's too much in the American diet. Omega-6 is bad for you. Uh, you... If you Google today, omega-6 is bad for you, obviously you'll find a lot of videos saying it, but most of the PhDs and doctors will tell you, no, it's not bad for you in any way. Uh, oh, it's it's going to create inflammation in your body. None of that is justified. Um, so th- there is definitely a lot of misconception and wrong stuff. Being It's, it's, yeah. it's difficult sometimes to, to, to decipher from what's true from what, what, what's wrong. And so... Some people pushing against seed oils today, I think, are trying to push against junk food and, and against processed food, which I think is the right thing to do, because if we want to improve uh, our diet, you know, we need to reduce the amount of junk food in it. Uh, so that's the right thing to say. Now, to say seed oil is the, is the, is the root of everol, <laughs> that's so excessive, not one thing. It's, it's, we all know it's salt and sugar and too much fat, too much salt, too much sugar. Human beings are wired to love salt, sugar, and fat. So yeah. it's, as, as a food maker, you know what? I, w- I wanted to develop this side dressings. I came to see these guys who were making side dressings. They're like, Matthew, it's very simple. If you want people to love what you do, make put more salt in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Salt is very cheap, and it makes things taste better. So, yeah, as a food maker, you got to be like, no, sorry. I'm not going to use the easier route because too much salt is not going to help. The, you know, it's bad for your heart. Um, Anyway, sorry, I'm going sideways, but I think you understand my point is to say that, uh, you know, let, let, let's try to eat better. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate your taking us on this on this journey today. If people want to look for your products, um, do you want to either mention stores or, or can they check on websites to see where, where it might be available? 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the depends where they shop and where they live, you know, but we're sold at Whole Foods Market. And if you go to the shelf, you, we're sold at Safeway, we're sold at Kroger, and we're sold at Walmart. So you can find us in most places. Uh, you can also find us on Amazon.com. And uh, La Tourangelle spells L-A-T-O-U-R-A-N-G-E-L-L-E. And it's really easy to find it. It comes in a beautiful tin can that is round. And when you look at the oil shelf, you'll find most most oils are sold in glass bottles, and you'll find a line of tin can with a French weird name. That's us. <laughs> well, Matthew Colmeyer, I really appreciate your taking us on this journey. It's something we don't talk about uh, often enough, apparently. But um, thank you for being on Farm to Table Talk. No, thank you so much for what you do. This is great. Thank you, Ian. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. 